0: Okay, say some things.
1: Hello. Adventure. Love.
0: Connection. Risk. Passion.
1: Passion.
2: Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Welcome to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Julianne here. This episode, Sandera interviews author and filmmaker Marika Lexman about her writing of the Madigan Chronicles with the use of... 22 major arcana cards of the tarot. Throughout this interview, the influences of nature, magic, and archetypes are revealed through the creative writing process. We invite you to enjoy this journey of magic, life lessons, and tarot-inspired characters as we go under the witch's hat.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. This is your co-host, Sindera Quackenbush, and I am here with Marika Lexmund. Did I say your name right, Marika?
0: You did it perfectly. (laughs)
1: Very well. Very good. I'm I'm, uh, I'm really excited to have Marika here on the podcast. She is originally from Holland, uh, the Netherlands, uh, which I have some ancestry with and and have spent a part of my life in in a meaningful way. Ah, so it was fun to try out some of my old Dutch on her and say, I can't so good in It's
0: good, Hi, Cyndera, it's nice meeting you and thank <laughs> <laughs> you and Julianne for having me here.
1: Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you here. And we're we're going to get into some juicy subjects today some of my favorite subjects, of course. Well, there's the Tarot, of course and there's writing and fiction and magic and landscape. I'm just really excited to explore these topics with you. So thanks for joining us. I'm looking
0: forward to it.
1: So you, but you are not uh, calling in from uh, the Netherlands, right now. You were calling in actually from Ireland. How, how did you get there? What's your relationship? Where have you lived? I'd love to hear.
0: Ireland is. Um, I went for the very first time in Ireland to uh, between 1988 and 1990. I was in film academy then and made a documentary about Tory Island off the coast of Donegal, and um, I just fell in love with Ireland. And I must say, every time I come here, I I step on the land and I feel at home. I have no Irish blood whatsoever, but I, I I just feel a connection. You feel the land is really old and it speaks to me. So I, just lo- I am fortunate enough to have a holiday home here. And um, I try to live part of the year here in the summer, preferably because in New Orleans, it's then horribly hot. So, um, and you miss the hurricanes. you're here in the summer so but Ireland is just lovely I live in a beautiful place on the west coast and I feel very spoiled and lucky
1: oh I I definitely want to hit you up for a visit I'm I'm coming yes (laughs) I'm ready I have a spare bedroom (laughs) Uh, as soon as I can travel again I will I would love to come back to Ireland it's such a beautiful place uh, and maybe one of our last guests, uh, Nancy Hendrickson, would say that you have some ancestors of spirit there. You never know. So uh would love to connect with that. And then, so for us Americans, you have said that uh, you have also spent a lot of time in New Orleans. Tell us about your connection to New Orleans.
0: I, uh, well, I'm originally from the Netherlands and uh, uh, I went to film school and worked in the film industry there. And my husband got about 15 years ago, um, a job opportunity in America. And we just thought, you know, what the heck, let's go. And uh, we lived in California for a long time in the LA area. And a couple of years ago, uh, 2016, we, Ended up in New Orleans in the French Quarter for a little while and New Orleans reminds me of Amsterdam, you know, it's a lively city you can be whoever you want to be there's a lot of diversity there. Um, it's about food. It's about music. It's about life. Lots of crazy people. I just, um, I think it's a pizza writer's soul.
1: Wow, it sounds like um, what uh, San Francisco wishes it used to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: well, you know, we used to come a lot to San Francisco too, but I think it's changed a lot in the yes. recent years. And, um, yeah, you know much better living there. But um, Yeah, I, and um, so we decided to uh, change New Orleans for uh, Los Angeles for New Orleans, and we just lived there now almost two years, and I just love it. I, I think it's a wonderful city. Um, it's not that big. So I can cycle everywhere, and it's just the trees and the old buildings and the history and um, being, uh, which myself, you know, I feel just more at home and more accessible to those kind of energies, and I do better with water energy than with fire. In Los Angeles is a lot, and I and the wildfires really got to me. I, I don't I don't like it at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They've been a a brutal part of our California life in the past few years now. And um, I can totally relate and understand that. So we're bringing you on our podcast today because you have written a couple of books. Actually, it's going to be a series. How many books will you have in total? Uh, It's going to be six books in total. So
0: I'm currently writing book number four, uh, which is called The Cup and i'm finishing up you know the final touches we're working on i think we have two more cards to finish up for the uh, book three which is called the wands and then i can go to the publisher so i hope it will be out by the end of the year
1: this is so, very exciting. Um, so the the book series is called the madigan chronicles and it follows a magical family uh, throughout the generations. There's so many good characters in this book and uh, I've been oh, thank really you. lucky to receive the first couple books. I'm a slow reader but I'm, I'm really enjoying every moment uh, and uh, the first book is called The Dagger and um, why don't we launch our readers off uh, with a, just a little taste of this book that is very magical. So we we would love to hear about uh, is, is it Tara or Tara, do you call her in your head as the writer? <laughs>
0: uh, I call her Tara.
1: Tara, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So Tara is the grandmother. Um, she's the...
0: She's the matriarch of the family.
1: That's right. And
0: um, to throw a little uh, archetype in there,
1: the empress.
0: So she's the all-mother in this case.
1: Great, and this is her first time that we see her in the book pulling out this, this magical tarot deck, which is going to be the central element, I believe, in the next book, right? So, uh, so yeah. would love to share with our readers this moment when she, she pulls out this deck, so take it away.
0: Okay, here we go. Along the wall is a small altar. Two candles are lit and a little bunch of daffodils represents the first sign of spring. On the wall are pictures of fortune tellers, some good luck charms and a witch's broom. Clara sits down and lets out a big sigh. For a minute, she savors the solitude. She closes her eyes and gently breathes in and out. Slowly, she gets a purse and pulls out a small bag, opens it and pulls out the tarot deck. It looks different. It only has 22 cards and when she leaves through it, we recognize Luna, Bridget, Maeve, Seamus, Diane, Ron and Tara herself. On the rest of the cards are the remaining members of the family. Some are still young children. The images are so real. Tara stops at several images and smiles fondly at them. Finally, she pulls Seamus's card. Okay, Seamus, time to put your deck to good use. She gives the card a quick kiss. The image of Seamus on the card comes to life and even becomes slightly three-dimensional. Seamus' face turns towards Tara and kisses her back. Tara giggles and Seamus has a mischievous grin. She puts her hand quickly over it and puts him back in the deck. Another deep breath and she fends the cards out, face down in front of her. She gets up and grabs four candles from the shelf and puts them in a wind direction, snaps her fingers and the candles flare to life. She lights an incense stick on the altar and picks up the small dagger. Satisfied, she positions herself in front of the cards. Elemental powers, I ask for your help to show me the one who will be fit to carry our family burden, to honor you and kind the family in these changing times. She unsheets the dagger. Open my eyes, open my heart and guide my hand. Carefully, she moves a tiny prick. She makes a tiny prick in her forefinger. A drop of blood wells up and she slowly moves her hand above the cards from left to right. She turns the finger, closes her eyes and while she moves her hands back and forth, the small drop of blood falls down and lands on one of the cards. Tara opens her eyes, pulls the cart out and turns it around. It's strength. Bridget stands proud in a green hunting tunic. She looks like a hunter from many centuries ago. A bow and arrow are strapped to her back. Her hands rest on the head of a lion which sits calmly next to her. Hmm, this is going to be interesting.
1: This is going to be interesting indeed thank you so much for reading and oh you're welcome and it's this is exactly things. what <laughs> this is exactly what happened to uh julianne and i because we we draw these cards for the new year and i think it was for 2020 we drew the the card of strength i'd have to revisit which <laughs> year it was but we were like oh strength oh boy this is gonna be interesting <laughs> yeah. strength you're gonna need it oh yes. boy yeah so uh and and this i love this passage as well because it it pretty much gives us an overview of, of many of the the core characters uh and 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 so what it, what i'd love to ask you about is you know thinking archetypally and and using the tarot how how has archetypal energies or images from the tarot helped you to write this book? Or how is it that you've used those um, in writing or just what that relationship is, how they've shown up?
0: Well, I think I always say, uh, write about what you love. And uh, when we moved to America, I wasn't allowed to work. So I picked up studying the tarot again and joined the group and I really got into it. And um, so I actually combined my fascination with family. and. Tarot and fantasy into the Medican Chronicles eventually. And uh my initial idea was it would be really cool to have a story in which um each family member represented one of the major tarot cards. Mm-hmm. So um that's still actually the case in the Medican Chronicles in its final state, like what it finally became. Um So there are 22 members in the family and they each represent uh, a tarot card uh, from the majors. And each chapter represents a minor card from one to 10. So the whole story will be in the end, 40 chapters long. And I mixed up the the, the suits because first I thought, oh, I go from one suit to the next, but I thought that didn't work. So I mixed them up. Uh, So each chapter embodies the minors and um, the main characters from the family represent the tarot cards. And I do take liberties, obviously, but like Tara, uh, Tara in this, uh, what I read about, she is the matriarch, she of the family, she's the the all mother. um, And she represents the qualities of the empress. Uh, but as a believer of balance i also think and i think you know that that's what you use if you use the tarot cards and you you know they're upside down and you read upside down or um upside down reversals
1: yeah
0: reversals thank you um then you know there's balance in life so if you have all this goodness then you also have the opposite side and that's also i think if you write what a character is about you know i um if somebody is really good, if they finally snap, the yeah. other side is very angry. You know, there, 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 there needs to be a balance always. Um, or at least that's how I see life. So in my books, uh, Lucy has a twin. So you could see that as a, a metaphor for the balance in some ways, but also um their qualities and and lucy you know you could say so, oh, she represents the devil and she's the old mother or something but they do have both sides of the coin also mm-hmm. lucy is a mother and can be have good qualities while tara is you know seemingly so wonderful but you know nobody is perfect so uh i have a great time with that, and uh although um Everybody represents a card. I sometimes do take liberties because I also don't want my characters to be so specifically one dimensional. And I feel that, you know, each tarot card is obviously multiple qualities, but it's not a rounded, rounded person. So there are some overlaps and, you know, but um, yeah, Bridget represents uh, strength. She goes, uh, so she she's all about inner her. strength, about her. Inter- sorry,
1: sorry. Where there's a bit of overlap with the Zoom call, but the um, Bridget, she's she's like pretty much the main character in a, in a lot of ways, and and she's I'm, interesting. She she's a she's a cop, right? She's a police officer, a detective, um, but she's doing this as as a, as a woman and as someone who secretly, though she's denied it for a long time. Uh, has magical abilities. And I, I think that's so such a fascinating uh, position for a main character. And, and we get to discover her family basically through her eyes in a lot of uh, cases. And, and, and yeah. you know, be with her as her, as she begins to awaken and hone her own um, abilities, which I think is just a great uh, metaphor for anyone reading who, you know, either uses the tarot or as felt their intuition has been strong in certain moments in their life. And and it, it it's like we get to really take it to the nth degree with Bridget and feel like, oh, maybe, you know, in what ways could my magical abilities be honed? In what ways could my intuition be deepened? And um, we know it's not gonna show up like, snapping your fingers with the flames coming alive but <laughs> unless unless you have some powers we don't know about <laughs> no 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 i
0: think uh the universe uh, takes normally a sweet time to teach you lessons so uh uh yeah he's she also does that with you uh, with bridget that's so. right well that's i think little- you know it, it, um yeah bridget really needs to find you know really reconnect with our intuition in a more um uh conscious way and i think that's all a lesson we can learn in life at some point is you know uh i think everybody has natural intuition some people are more attuned than others but you can also develop a little more if you're more aware and when you know listen more to your intuition or you know i'm, I'm a very impulse driven person so without your intuition you basically uh sucks
2: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so actually i'm curious now would, would you say all the characters in this book feel like parts of yourself that uh, you're writing about or is there one right. that you identify most with? Like, w- what are the what is the relationship you have with these characters and the, how they've come to life? Because they feel very real. They don't feel like just like archetypal images that you got from some tarot deck that have come alive. I think
0: as a, a writer, character. you uh, are all your characters
1: mm-hmm. because they
0: all come from somewhere in you. Either you observe them or they're part of you and um, yeah, but what I enjoy about sometimes writing certain people is, um, you know, you you're the, like Lucy, I let her go off the rails and do awful things, but it's yeah. not something I would ever want to do, but it's a way of, you know, let your imagination run wild with it. And um, like Bridget, I feel the connection with because I had to find my uh, inner strength and accept to be more, you know, trust my instincts more. And just, you know, it's a lesson that I had to learn for sure and I think we all learn in the end the lessons of the tarot at some point in our life and not in order specifically that they are presented from zero to 21. But, you know, we, um, at some point you start to recognize the moments better that you learned it or that the universe gives you a lesson to learn.
1: That's right. And Barbara and loves her dogs, which I know you've got a brigade. I have dogs,
0: obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the name from the Medigans, they're Irish in their roots. And that comes from my love with Ireland. And um, I have dogs and I just love animals. I used to have, I, I, I moved to America with seven cats and a horse. So Uh, In America, I got dogs, and now I just have mainly dogs because it's just easier if I travel. And it's not easy to have three dogs if you travel, but you can make it work, I can tell you, but it's a little bit of a thing. So (laughs) I think it's fun to get rich to travel with her six dogs because that's what I secretly wished I could do. So, but three dogs is already good. So I, yeah, it's just something, uh, um, I think, Uh, the parts of it are uh, um, it's what you experience in your own life and you mix it in. And uh, it's like with the spells, I think I base it on how you start working your spells. And then I just let my fantasy run wild with it, you know, like in the witch's circle or stuff. They, I, I, there are things in it. And I try to be a little bit true in the sense of like, which herbs they use or, you know, stuff like that. I, I, I research and I, um, um, try to put, I put, try to put little real things in there, but then, you know, it's a fantasy story. So I just really take it out there or wherever my brain takes it. That's I just, great. I'm one of these. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fun to do.
1: <laughs> Isn't it great to be a writer? You can, you can do the evil deeds of Lucy and you can, um, magical things can happen all the time i love how bridget learns from her aunt you know the aunt will suddenly just put like a, a dome like an invisible dome around her and she has to figure out how to get out of it <laughs> magically. And then i'm like oh i wish we all had an aunt like that that could teach us magical things like that so
0: <laughs> i think it would uh, make life a lot more interesting in the fun part yeah <laughs>
1: Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so you use a lot of nature and herbs and natural elements, um, and, and it's very New Orleans inspired, but you also have Boston in there and you have, um. Yeah, that's
0: on my list of places I really want to go.
1: But I I never made it, but I'm like, (laughs) one day I'll get there. (laughs) Your imagination has already traveled on its witch's broom to see Boston. I
0: I traveled there and, you know, (laughs) Google Earth is a wonderful thing and stuff like that, but it's not the same. I just, uh, it's, it's. I would love to spend some time there. I think the uh, Atlantic coast in um, any way is something on my list. I would love to rent a house and write by the ocean in the fall or something and the spray against your window and you know i i don't know i i find the atlantic smells more uh at home for me than the pacific although i would love when i lived in california i would go to the beach on a regular basis just to get my water fix yeah but um it smells different it just has a different smell—the Pacific Ocean than the Atlantic Ocean. And the funny thing is, is that if you're in Ireland or you're on the East Coast in America, it smells the same. I don't
1: know. Mm. I can't explain it. That's so interesting. I I have yet to explore much of the East Coast, though I did see New York once. But that was that was about it for me. But one of these days, <laughs> <laughs> one of the I'll I'm gonna test out that smell. That would be really fascinating.
0: Yeah, because I think, like with witches, it's something I use a lot smells and colors and uh images as metaphors. I think for things that we do, and and for me, a lot of um, um, all things are sensory and I sensory, and I I think with being a witch is what that entails being in touch with those senses,
1: absolutely. And so speaking of witches, the um so under the witch's hat is sort of this uh cool place in New Orleans in your book, uh, where all these witches could come and hang out and drink cocktails, which I really wish this place existed. <laughs> um, Maybe and, one
0: day I can make it real. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and this is also what you've called your website, right? Under is is it Under the
0: Witch's Head, yeah. yeah. Because I wanted to draw a little bit, you know, give people a little bit more of experience about um, uh, what the world of the witches entails. So I have uh, like Maeve, she bakes all the time and cooks. So I have recipes on there and I have cocktail recipes on there because under the witch's head they have a bar in front where people can have fun and in the back you can have your tarot readings or other divination and um they make spells there in the back and I've been making spells myself for many years and I thought this is a nice way to integrate that so you can also buy spells and I make them and they're uh, unique so they're all uh,
1: so how does that work so I've um say I'm, I'm really stressed at work right now um is there a spell on your on your website that would help or how does it work when when people get a spell how do they use it um but i make
0: whatever comes in my head so there are spells for all sorts of things for inspiration for love for um uh and occasionally i make a spell uh specifically for somebody like if they need some form of protection or something that they want catered to their person but generally i just start somewhere and i make a spell that like a i i i started making spells this weekend the first one i make i call it eye opener and it's for you know if you need to get a clear vision on something and uh, there's on there something that has a blue eye and a green eye so you have different viewpoints and um yeah you know I, i just make what i connect with generally but um like uh, I, I made for somebody a psychic vampire spell and um, that really did it did its work I got it back and it was the, the the glass was totally shattered from it so I thought you know it it really did its job but it's not always that obvious and I think a spell if you use it it over time it just diminishes and falls apart naturally and you know it's not for life you have to either recharge it or remake it or make different or you know it's never the same for me there were
1: some interesting images in your book about like whenever a spell was on somebody else where um the way the witches could can kind of tune into what that spell was and to kind of unravel it yes yeah kind of like an unbraiding or uh i love that image so much and i feel like um though you know i don't feel like i'm getting spells put on me or anything like that i feel like when you're facing problems in life um uh, to be able to just kind of take a step back and take a breath and then like be like okay what is this this emotion this feeling this problem the impact it's having on me and just to kind of spend some time with it and massage it out un- unravel it and i i loved i loved that imagery in the book that felt like Oh, you know, we we can do this in our own
0: way in um Yeah, you know, because it's like problems are like a sort of a a, 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 a a mix up of a little wool ball, you know, where all the the the, the 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 lines are going over and under and you have to just unravel it to come to the bottom. Or peel an onion or it's all the I think that's all the same kind of right. It's
1: like or, the, right? Yeah. you
0: know, you need, need to work through it in that exactly. sense and
1: take one step
0: at a time
1: the story of um eros and psyche has been occurring to me lately like when there's she gets these impossible tasks and she gets overwhelmed and cries and cries and then these little creatures will come and and you know i think one of the tasks was to separate different types of grain and it's just this little process of you know sorting them out and um and so that, that kind of connected with me with the spells and how we feel about these things. So that's, that's really neat, but it's in a, in a fictional book. So l- let's talk about your writing for a minute. Um, so you're also uh, a filmmaker and it, how has uh, your background, which you can talk a little bit about uh, with your filmmaking, how has that impacted your viewpoint and ability to write as well, or if it has? Uh, Well, I went to film
0: school in Amsterdam and have a master's degree, actually, in uh, camera and lighting. So um, I've always been making stories, only not in the writing sense, but in a visual sense. And I think the visual part is something that I found very helpful in creating the medical world. And because uh, I'm a visual person, it lives in images also in my head. Um, and uh, when I, I, I talked about when I went, went to America, I went from full-time working in the Netherlands to absolutely nothing. And one of the things I did, I came across a screenwriting program and coming from a film background, I turned out I had all these stories in my head and I just started writing. And uh, then I quickly learned that it's all so nice to write stuff down, but you have to have some form of uh, you know, structure. So I did all sorts of courses. I know many, and uh, but I learned with writing the books that I actually learned something from everybody. But it took me a long time to say, everybody teaches you in a way that like, this is the method. Well, I think writing is deeply personal and you have to find your way. And that's a mix of all sorts of stuff and um i find like i like to um you know obviously because i said it's six books it's 40 chapters they have a certain theme each chapter so um i do plan ahead but i am not a meticulously planner i know what's happening but i also like to be surprised when i write and like with i i you you gave that example of the spell That's like a sort of uh, uh, that is hanging like a a, a mixed up thread on somebody's chest, and Luna has to unravel that. So when I I I know I want to write about unraveling a spell, but then when I start writing, I want to be surprised, and in the end, she eats all the last little bit up or something. You know, I I make that (laughs) up. So I I just want to be able to. Uh, not feel restricted. I want to just take it for a run and I notice that I have then all sorts of images in my head that guide me in that sense. I I love visual things, so it's also when I need inspiration, I go outside and take photographs. I take long walks on the beach. Endless conversations with all these characters, which I learned during COVID. And my husband was home that often I have these conversations out loud. He was like, oh my God, you talk to these people all the time. <laughs> but I thought it was in my head, but it turns out because I am a, often alone when he's working, I talk out loud apparently. So I, I have these long conversations with everybody before it really finds its form. And uh, But I, I think filmmaking is telling a story and it's a creative thing and writing is a creative thing. And in the end, I believe creativity installs creativity. So if I make spells or photographs or... It all feeds the story in some way.
1: Absolutely. And I I listened to a great essay by Philip Pullman recently, uh, the uh, writer of the Historic Materials series. And he, he talks about writing being like, uh, holding a movie camera, so if you you can really keep your focus on the characters and what's going on. If you've if you you ask where where is the camera it right is. now, and I, I yeah, feel yeah. that very much with your writing. um In fact, your writing is in the present tense, so it, it feels like it's happening right now.
0: Um, uh, I, I think in that sense, my filmmaking um, and also the setup for each chapter feels a little bit like episodes for tv series right you understand what i mean it's it's it's, you you can't help what you what's in you and um so it's a mix of things and what i uh because i started to write the American story as a movie but i can't squeeze it into two hours it's just too many people and too and then i tried i wrote a pilot for tv series and i came up with the 40 episodes and Uh, People just kept saying you should write a book about it because it's so many characters. And if you have a book, you can really dive even deeper. And uh, I thought I will never have the patience for a long form. I'm not known for my patience. So I (laughs) I thought, how am I going to sit there and write this down? You know, if you get an email from me, you're lucky to get two sentences. So how am I going to write a book? But yeah, one day I was in Ireland and I sat down and it just came out. Yeah. And I learned that I really love being able to be in people's heads and to really dive deeper and use different perspectives. And you can weave so many more stories in there that's, um, that freedom is uh, exhilarating.
1: Absolutely. It's really alive with you and you're playing. You're having a good time while you're writing and you're conversing. I just, I it's just so- love it yeah (laughs) it's so great i i i'm taking a lot of inspiration from you as a writer to to keep it alive and to uh keep it in the moment as you do with your writing so just wonderful wonderful um so let's see um so you also have read tarot um here and there you're not a professional teller but I'm, i'm curious has writing creating these um characters and having this relationship uh, in the tarot in this way through fiction. Has it shaped how you feel when you pick a card or do a reading on yourself? Do you feel Maeve coming in or do you feel um, Lucy as a potential or, or, or is it still like the, the raw archetypes or imagery that, um, that you've out I, I, I
0: think that, uh, for me, tarot is a sort of a lifelong journey.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I feel that I learn all the time but one of the joys about writing this book is that we're actually making a tarot deck because each chapter, as it embodies the tarot card, is tarot cards. Uh, if you read the book, the first chapter always starts with a tarot card. And these tarot cards are specifically designed for me right. by my friend and artist Nicole Ruigrock. Yeah. And uh, it's such a joy to work with somebody and really talk about the cards and, um, and, um, yeah, so after the six books, there will be finally also a, tar- a complete tarot deck with a, a company book. Ooh. So, um, and there will be Tara's tarot. So, um, yeah, it's just fun to dive deep into the cards and decide. how. And in the first book, obviously, we need we had to find what are Tara's favorites. What would her deck look like? Uh, what was and in the end, we settled on animals and uh, nature basically. So, um, we've been working through that, uh, together and, um, yeah, that's changed, uh, my view again on the tarot and to be so intensely busy with it. And also it's such a big part of my story. Yeah. You can't help but live it, you know, because it's there all the time. Like now I'm, in chapter three of book four and it's about the two pentacles about juggling your responsibilities so i i think gosh how can all these people the featured in this chapter in some way represent a form of juggling a responsibility or a you know feeling maybe overwhelmed by what they all have to do or you know i try to try take different angles on different things i just come from the tree of cups which is generally happy and a lot of happy things happens and some not happy things at all so you know so yeah yeah it's constantly something that lives then in my mind it's like now two of pentacles is everywhere and i you 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 start seeing it around you right. or in <laughs> nature or you know it's just really like oh my god like <laughs> uh, it's just uh funny how how they show up around you.
1: Yeah, it's so it's it, Tarot is really such a a structure for people's lives and a way to grapple and untangle whatever's going on. It's it's just continues to be such a, um, a marvelous uh, gift that we. Yeah, And
0: the more you dive into it, the more you find out that either you <laughs> don't know that much
1: about it or that it's really That's everywhere. Right.
0: It's just everywhere.
1: That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I also hear you're uh, you're unlike me. You're an avid um, fast reader. Uh, what do you love to read?
0: <laughs> well, the problem is I I love reading basically everything except horror. So, um, but I found since I started writing novels, I find it very difficult to read other people's work when I'm actually writing so like now i'm writing and i'm one of these people that if i'm actually loving a book i will stop everything else in my life and read that book and then it will take me a day or two or three to read the book and that's it but you know i can't have that when i'm in my I have to write my own book and be in my own world because it pulls you out of your own world so that's right if I read something, I either read something that's related to what I'm doing. Like now, I'm I'm reading something about situometry, and I'm reading about uh, the connection that trees have uh, through fungi. You know, that probably will come back somewhere in book six or something. You know, that that idea that I will integrate. So I read books more in that sense, or because I that will add to my story instead of draw me out of it. And otherwise I just, I just love fantasy a lot. I, I grew up with Tolkien and uh-huh. cyberpunk and, I, I, you know, it's just, I like the classics like Asimov, but uh, um, yeah, I just read so many books and, um, but yeah, I have to, I, these Last two years have been that I write so much. It's hard to read somebody else's work because it draws me out of it. And I, I, I just don't want it because it's hard enough to find, to come into some sort of rhythm of writing and be in that headspace all the time To it's a lot of happening with those witches. So I, um yeah. And I also don't want other things to influence me that much. So I love like also would love to watch witchy, Television series, but at the moment I abstain from that too because yeah, I just don't want it to find its way into my book. So I, um, I, I watch detectives or uh, you know, but then I get tired of people getting murdered. So I just I I I I've also don't want violence around me all the time. So i just it's weird, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I hope that uh, the Madigan Chronicles end up as a Netflix series someday. That would be so fun.
0: (laughs) Oh, that would be so cool, yeah.
1: So cool, I'll be watching it well wonderful it's been so great to have you uh on the archetypal tarot podcast today uh let's have you back when that tarot deck is done that would be so fun to to see oh people.
0: i would love to yes
1: yeah and it's such uh, a, a a
0: a mentally slow process but we'll get there and then i'll yeah. gladly come and uh, tell you all about it yeah
1: I have one last question. I'm just curious about. Um, so, th- the world has changed dramatically in the past year and a half from the coronavirus. Um, th- do you think that that will play any influence into the, you, the writing of your um, the books that you're you're going to work on, or do, do you feel that fantasy is uh, a way to completely be in a, a parallel reality where this? where these pandemics and things don't have to exist. I'm just curious. Um, I, I think the Medican Chronicles are
0: there already because of the COVID, because that's why I started publishing them earlier than I planned. Um, but in the books itself, I will not let it feature it yeah. because it started without it. And I don't feel that it would add to the story. Yeah. And as it's fantasy, I feel I can just run with whatever I want. That's, it's not, you know, it's based in reality because most of it, I would say, is urban fantasy, but still uh, it's fantasy. So, um, and I think real life is uh, hard enough at the moment as it is.
1: Yeah.
0: And I see what I write more as this sort of an escape and a little bit of fun and, you know... um, And even though I do put stuff in there about things that I sometimes think about or whatever, but it's, um, from book two on, you will notice I will also integrate the fates who decides everybody's fate. And, uh, you know, there's a wonderful things and questions you can ask yourself about that. So, um, uh, I do little things like that. And I think, um, it's fun to try to put real thoughts or visions in your book without people really realizing that it's uh, the deeper meaning. And then some people pick up on it, and that's fun. But you know, it's just you want to integrate ideas in people in a fun sort of way that are non threatening and uh, that they, when they recognize it, like the tarot cards in your own life, you think, hey, gosh, you know, I thinking about it it's not that bad or you know I I didn't see it that way or stuff Mm -hmm. like that
1: well wonderful and it's certainly been a great escape for me each evening as I pick it up oh (laughs) thank you so much yeah I'm glad you enjoy it so I, I recommend anyone to get the the first two books are available when is the third one available
0: the third one I hope will be out by the end of the year it's, uh, yeah, it's a whole process. So it's never exact at this moment. It's hard to say exactly, but I'm trying to have it out before the end of the year. And then next year, book four and maybe five and then six. And Woo. we're there. <laughs> I, I still have a lot to do, I can tell you. Yeah.
1: Well, that's great. So uh, you can find these books for purchase on under the witcheshat.com. Um, you can uh, find Marika on at under the witch's hat on um, Instagram. And also the the what are they called? The brigade is on Instagram. The the urban dogs, Dog Squad. Urban Dog Squad. <laughs> if you
0: want to know where I am, follow the dogs. Urban That's Dog great. Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cute. And, um, but yeah, the books are basically available on all retailers and stuff. So uh, yeah. Oh,
1: uh, it was a
0: pleasure anyway talking to you and thank you so much for having me on the show.
1: Oh thank you for coming and we'll we'll talk to you soon and maybe in Ireland.
2: Oh that would be wonderful. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We know you could have done something else with the last 40-ish minutes of your life but we're so glad that you spent it with us. Connect with Marika on Instagram at under the witches hat and her website is underthewitcheshat.com and of course you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at tarot podcast and Twitter sometimes occasionally. Uh, this episode is sponsored by free range priestess on Etsy where you'll find unconventional rosaries, quirky prayer reads and so much more Freerangepriestess.com or search for free range priestess on Etsy and huge gigantic, ginormous thanks to our patrons, Joro, Peter, Janet, Richard, Geneva, Juniper, and Rash of Stay Woke Tarot. We appreciate our patrons and their support. And if you want to be one of the cool kids, you can find out the benefits of being one of our patrons at tiny.cc This podcast is produced by both end Media and theme music is by The Lunar Group. Until next time, aloha.